Morning, everyone. Oh, looks like somebody's been having some fun up here. Um, we'll go ahead and start with the word of prayer. Lord, as always, I want to thank everyone for the time that we have here today. Thank you for being able to come together in the uh, uh, presence and in the fellowship of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for all that you do for us to provide for us and for all of the things that you do that we don't even see. I ask that you would be glorified through everything that takes place here today and that you would open each person here's hearts, minds, and ears to receive what you would have them to receive from the message today. And as always, I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So a little bit of a, a look into our, our, our week this week. Um, starting, I think this was Monday or something, but it was kind of a rough start, a rough start of the day for Elena. Um, she got to school and realized that she'd forgotten her backpack. And by the time she'd gotten to me, she was near tears. Um, I was already busy trying to accomplish the tasks that I needed to finish before the rest of the students arrived. And we were going to be shorthanded that day, so I also had to inform her of some other bad news that I wouldn't be able to walk her to the classroom as I had done in the past due to I needed to fill one of the spots that was left open. And for a five-year-old, this can probably be the worst part of the day she could possibly have. I could see the tears starting to form in her eyes, so I, I did have to take a minute to comfort her and... Um, I could tell that she was still worried about her backpack and not being able to find her way to her classroom. So I told her that I'd make it work out. Now her grandpa Nicole's dad was already on the way to bring her her backpack and I told her that she would have it there in her classroom by lunchtime. But um, she was still quite visibly upset, still on the verge of crying. And at that moment, it hit me, and I asked her, I said, do you trust me? And she responded, yes. And I told her again that it would all work out, and it did. But why does this story have significance to the message today? Well, not long after I asked Elena that question, do you trust me, it hit me. How many times... Do you think that God asks us that question when we're going through a rough time in our lives? So that's where the, that verse hit me right there. Do you trust me? And Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which also happens to be my wife's favorite verse, says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So today we're going to really unpack this verse. We're going to look at everything this verse is telling us and we're going to start just by looking at the four things the, the four statements and the first one we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the word trust now the greek word for trust is epistosini which can be translated also as the words reliance trustfulness and dependence the hebrew word is batak and batak is to have confidence, to be confident in something, to be bold or to be secure, to lie down on such as your bed. Now, how many of you, before going to bed at night, 
check your bed. You check the bolts to make sure they're tight. Do you check the, the boards that are underneath that hold the box spring into place? Do you check to make sure that the mattress is in place so it's not going to fall through when you're sleeping on it? Um, if you're like me, you probably just go in there and lie down. How many of you came in here this morning when we were before we started church and checked your pew to make sure it was going to hold you, or checked your seat to make sure that you're not going to fall through? We we put trust in those things. We trust that when we put our weight on these things, that it's going to hold our weight. It's going to give us a comfortable night of sleep that night. It's not going to just collapse on us. Now this is, keep in mind now, when this verse tells us to trust in the Lord with all your heart, this isn't a promise that everything's going to work out the way you want it to work out. The thing is to trust God when things are not going the way that we feel that they should be going. Let's look at a few other people in Scripture. Consider Joseph, first of all, in Genesis. He had these big dreams and that he was going to be in charge. His dreams, he had two different dreams that he was going to rule. He was going to rule over his brothers and sisters. And there was a point in his life, though, where it was looking anything but like that. There was a point where he was tossed into a pit by his own family, and then the same family that tossed him into a pit drug him out of the pit and sold him as a slave. And then once he was put into slavery, he was then pulled out of uh, probably one of the best positions he could have as a slave and thrown into jail. In all of this, Joseph continued to trust and honor God. And it was even, actually, it was even because of this desire to honor God that he was tossed into prison in the first place. In some people's case, that right there could make them lose all the trust that they had in God. But not in this case. He still continued to honor God with everything that he faced. If we move on a little bit further, we'll see that another person, Daniel, he faced a den full of hungry lions. And then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were close friends of Daniel, they spent a little bit of time in a really hot oven. And then Job, as he was going through these unspeakable tragedies that seemed to hit one after the other, he managed to still trust God in all of this. Now I'm sure if you were to ask any of these people that they would tell you that they would have rather not been in the position that they were in. And that's the thing with any of us when we're going through any kind of difficulty, no matter how small it may be, like a broken fingernail to facing some serious medical or financial issue, we would rather not be in that situation. But we are, and when we are, we have to continue to trust God. Each one of them went through it. 
and each one of them expressed their trust in God in the midst of it. If we look each of these people again, we'll start by looking at Daniel. He, even though he knew the consequences, we're told in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, that even though he knew what was going to happen, he still went home. He still went up into his room with the windows open to where everyone could see him, and he still prayed just as he always did. That was expressing some trust in God there. Knowing the consequences and all of that, we might continue to trust God. We might continue to pray to God, but we might not do it with our windows open for everybody to see us because we would be afraid of what was going to come to us. It was already told what was going to come to him, but he continued to trust and he continued to do just as he always did. Then we look at his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we're going to pick up a, a little bit of scripture here. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king. And this is right before they were getting ready to be thrown into the fire. And uh, the king essentially asked them, what do you have to say for yourselves? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from a burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship your golden image which you have set up. So not only were they trusting God, they were openly defying the king. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to continue to honor God. And once again, just like Daniel and just like Joseph, they ended up in the situation they were in because they were trying to honor God in the first place. A lot of us start thinking when we're doing what's right, when we're doing what God wants us to do, that we, we're going to be okay. But a lot of times we get the stuff that um, we face the consequences for the things that we do that go against the world, that go against sometimes even the, the spiritual in nature that comes against us. They continued to trust God in spite of what was going on. And then we have Job. Again, someone who, according to Scripture, had done everything right. And he was going through it. And at one point, Job 13, 15a, he expresses his trust in God when he says, Though he slay me, yet I will trust in him. So, each one of these people that I mentioned were going through it. They were going through some tough times, some very tough times, and they continued to trust God in everything that they were going through. But then, as we move on, we look at the second part of this verse, and this is where we could get in trouble and lose our, our trust if we're not careful. The second part says to lean not on your own understanding. Consider this. Our viewpoint in anything is flawed. When we look at any situation or circumstance, we only see what's in front of us, how it affects us. 
What we don't see is the big picture. God tells us, though, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. When this stuff's going on, when anything's going on, and just looking this past week at even Hurricane Ian hitting Florida, relying on our own understanding, especially if we're a believer, we might be expecting something more. But when something happens, we have to consider that what we see, our understanding of things, is only the way we see it. Consider this, whatever happens, God is either moving pieces into place or allowing pieces to fall into a certain order for His glory, most importantly, but also for our benefit. Or if not our benefit, it may be for the benefit of someone else in our lives. God may be revealing things to us, uh, something that we may see a characteristic in a person that makes us realize that that person's not who we think they are. We might see a, a situation that we don't want to be involved in. We may see something, possibly our car breaks down or something, and it's horrible, and we look at the money that it might cost us. But then, we get in there, and the mechanic finds that, yeah, maybe it costs $300 to repair this small thing, but oh, he found something else in there that he was able to fix that is going to end up sparing us a transmission or an engine repair. And that's just using a very materialistic view of it. It could be anything that God allows a certain piece to fall so that we can see what's going on behind it. Now, I've heard in the past, and I'm sure many of you have probably heard the same thing, it's been said by pastors that it's easy to praise God when everything's going right. But I would add to that also that it's easy to trust God when life's good, when there's a clear direction. But when true trust comes into play is when the bills are coming in and the bills are coming in and they're a lot bigger than the check that's going to be coming in. When, your kid, when you see your kids struggling and you really don't know how to help them. Or when that doctor's report comes back and it's something that we totally weren't expecting. That's the time when trusting God comes into play. That's the time when we need to trust God and lean not on our own understanding. In all of this, though, it wasn't just a matter of trusting God. Each one of the people that I talked about, Joseph, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Job, not only had to trust God, they had to trust God during the process of what they were going through. For, for Joseph, it lasted for years. And right off the top of my head, I can't tell you how long it lasted for him, but 
it probably looked to him like he was probably questioning God. Like, you gave me these dreams. I thought for sure I was going to be in charge. What's happening here? He had to trust the process. Another one was John the Baptist. I didn't mention him earlier, but John the Baptist never did see the result of his trust. He started to um, question a little bit. He's, and I'm, I'm sure he knows by now, while, but while he was on earth, he didn't know. But he started to question at one point. He sent a message to Jesus when he was in prison. Art thou he that should come? Or do we look for another? So if you find yourself questioning, you're in good company. John the Baptist had questions. It doesn't say, and it's not recorded anywhere in Scripture that any of the other people that I mentioned had questions, but John the Baptist had a question. And we have questions. We want to know why. We want to know how. We want to know what do we need to do to get out of this. Well, we... These people face some serious trials, and we face our own trials. Um, our trials might not be spending the night with some lions or spending the, or getting thrown into a fire pit. They may not be being sold into slavery or even hopefully not dealing with mass casualty. But but we do have to we do have them. We're each each and every person in here. I can guarantee is facing some kind of hardship right now, some kind of situation where they have to ask themselves, and they're wondering, what are you doing, God? Why, is, why are you allowing this? But we're told, as the verse continues to pick up, that in, our, in all your ways, acknowledge him. So what does it mean to acknowledge God? It means that we accept or admit the truth of his existence as well as the importance that he has in our life. And sadly, when we think of the atheist, the atheist denies the existence of God. He doesn't acknowledge God. They don't hold him in any kind of reverence. As a matter of fact, and a lot of times they downright disrespect God and they don't regard him in any way and sadly a lot of Christians live like atheists I don't mean that they don't reverence God I mean that they don't consult God they don't acknowledge the importance that God plays in in their life they do what they want when they want for how long they want but they never really give God a thought. When we trust God, when we lean not on our own understanding, when we acknowledge God, that means we should be consulting God in every decision we make, whether it's where we choose to buy a house for those that are younger, where we cho choose to go to college, where we choose to send our kids to school, even where we choose to work, we should consult God in all these areas. There's times where God's going to allow you to go into an area or even put you in an area 
as he did Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But there's other times where that might not be the job for you. That might not be the place where he wants you to be. Just because they pay good money, just because they have a good retirement plan, doesn't mean that's where God wants you. We've got to acknowledge him. We've got to turn complete control of our lives over to God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all thy strength. Know that your very existence comes from God. Not just your existence, but everything. Colossians 1 17 says this, it says that Jesus holds all things together. And this goes down to, to matter itself, the very building blocks that hold everything together. Without Jesus, the very molecules that make up your body would just float, be floating off. You would not be who you are, we would not be any form. It's Jesus that holds all of that together. And again, not just us as people, but everything around us too would just kind of be floating in space as nothing but molecules if it wasn't for Jesus holding us all together. Remember too, you're not your own. Especially if you're a, a believer, especially if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you were bought with a price. You're not your own to do with as you choose. A lot of people, again, they, they don't consult God for anything and, and they kind of get in trouble for it and they want to blame God. But then the fourth part of this, and he shall direct your paths. And this is the promise that comes out of this. The first three were up to us. We're to trust in, in the Lord. We're to lean not on our own understanding and we're to acknowledge him. If we do all of these things, he shall direct your paths. In NASCAR, I don't know if is there anyone in here that likes to watch NASCAR? A couple of people. Well, each a lot of people think there's actually a big strategy that goes into uh, racing. And each NASCAR driver has what they call a spotter. A spotter is a guy that sits up in a tower and looks over the whole track as the race is going on. While the driver's job is to drive the car as fast as he can, he can only see what's in front of him. He's only paying attention to what's in front of him, and in many cases that's just the back of another car. He can't really see what's around him. He's got all this headgear on. He's got all this, this stuff on to keep him safe from injury. The, the spotter who sees the whole track, he sees any debris that are on the track, he sees if there's a stalled car on the track, he can see if there's a wreck or any other potential hazard on the track that may cause injury or cause harm or, or cause his driver to wreck. So he guides the driver the spotter sitting up on the tower is talking to the driver at all times during the race, and he'll tell the driver 
when to go, when to change lanes, when to pass another car. He'll also tell him when he's passed the other car so he can shift back over in front. I don't know that I would have this much trust in somebody else telling me to do this while I'm on the highway, but he relies completely on this spotter to get him safely around the track. And the spotter helps to guide the driver. And if we listen to God, if we listen to what he has to say to us, as the verse says, if we trust God, if we lean not on our own understanding, and if we acknowledge God, then he's going to guide us through the areas of our life that we're facing the difficulties. Nobody likes to go through a difficult time, but we're all going to go through it. And I believe at any point in time, we're all going through something. Some of us are just going through something bigger than other of us. But we're all going through something. And if we trust God, he's going to guide us through this. He's going to help us to navigate these turns and these situations in our life that cause us to question that trust at times. Another promise that God makes to us is out of Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. And this is also a very familiar verse to us. But it says that if, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Now when the Bible talks about fainting, it's not talking about like the... Some of you might have seen the videos of the, the fainting goats where you walk up to one of these goats and if you scare it, it faints. It just falls over. That's an interesting self-defense mechanism, I guess. But, but they do exist, and I have a friend that owns about seven of them. And, but we, we won't faint. We'll continue to soar as eagles. We'll continue to run, and we won't get tired when we realize that our strength, when we realize that our trust comes from God and not from our own selves. So, in this message this morning, I'm going to ask you this question. I'm going to ask you to think about this. Do you think there's an area in your life right now where God is asking you, do you trust me? Do you trust me to take care of what's going on? you trust God? That's the first step. And, and with that, I'm going to close today, but I'm going to say at this point, as part of the invitation, that if there's anyone here who has that need for trust, if you need a, a boost in your relationship, Come forward this morning and we'll pray for you. We'll, we'll pray with you. We'll um, all approach God together as we get ready to...
close the message this morning. The invitation is open to anyone. It's not just open to those who have issues. Perhaps God's used this message to speak to you in some other way. Maybe he's spoken to you differently. So if you need prayer about anything, feel free to come forward and, and, and we'll join, join with you in prayer. But at this time, I'm just going to close in a prayer and, and we'll move, move to that, um, move to prayers for anyone who may need them. Lord, we thank you for the many times that you have carried us through things. We thank you for the times that you've blessed us with your presence and the uh, presence of others to help us to walk through hard times. As we know we'll continue to face hard times, we'll continue to face things going on, and we'll have questions, we'll be worried, we'll, our, our trust will waver, we'll start to question. But I just want to ask that you help us to trust you and forgive us in the times that we haven't expressed that trust and the times that we have leaned on our own understanding and made things worse as a result of that. We ask that you'd help us to acknowledge you and uh, that you would help us to guide our paths and help us out of the situations that we're going in. And we ask for reassurance as we go through these problems that we face too because sometimes the burdens do get heavy. And when the burdens get heavy, that's when we need to trust you the most. As always, and again, I ask that you be glorified through the message today and that you would watch over and protect each and every person until our next appointed meeting. It's in Jesus' name that we ask these things. Amen.